Surrounding everything I see Hello happy, hello free Hello you and hello me Hello sunshine, hello sky Hello white clouds floating by Hello cooling summer breeze Coming whistling through the trees Hello sand them, hello seas Hello positivity Surrounding everything I see Hello happy, hello free Hello you and hello me Positivity Surrounding everything I see Hello happy, hello free Hello you and hello me Hi everybody, that was Hello Sunshine from Alexander Lestrange and Ben Perry brought me back to the 60s. Not that I actually remember the 60s because I was only born in the middle of it. But I do remember listening to the likes of that. So the question is, why am I playing Hello Sunshine when it's piss and rain in Mullingar? I can't answer that. I have absolutely no idea. But I just thought it was a nice song to begin with. And so to our subject this week. Actually, before I begin the subject, I want to share something with you. I have actually tried, you know, that Japanese decluttering thing where you hold each thing uh, you own and you throw it out if it doesn't give you joy. So far, I've thrown out all the vegetables and the electric bill. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't resist that. Yes, this week's um, subject is on decluttering. And what does it mean to our mental health? Okay, so according to the dictionaries, clutter is described as something that is untidy or overfilled with objects. It also refers to a state or condition of confusion. However, in reality, clutter is more than just untidiness or too many physical objects. It can also refer to emotional or mental luggage or baggage as we call it. Most of us, when we think about clutter, we think about, you know, things, items, stuff that we hold on to that, you know, we stick in a corner or in a drawer never to be seen again, but it takes up space. And although we think of clutter as 
the physical stuff, mental and emotional clutter can hold just as much unnecessary space as physical things. So I suppose what I'm saying is I want you to start listening and hearing that clutter is not just about physical objects. It's about what is in your head, what is in your heart, what is in your body, what is in your mind, so on and so forth. For example, old thought patterns, resentments, messy relationships, financial issues, a broken vase, genes that no longer fit, weight or any other thing that you have to manage make up the clutter in your mind. But here's the thing. Clutter of the mind can be connected to clutter of things as in physical objects. So have a look around you and see if there are physical objects and ask yourself, can I let go of this? And if I can say yes, happy days. If I cannot get rid of it and make excuses like, oh, well, I might need that. Oh, I could use that in this or, you know, so-and-so might like that, but never do anything with it. I have to ask the question, what is in my mind that I won't let go of? So clutter isn't just about physical stuff. It's about old ideas, maybe toxic relationships, bad habits. Clutter is anything that does not support your better self. Here are a couple of other examples of clutter that might be beneficial to you. It's broken or is in need of repair. It's messy. It's disorganised or chaotic. It's stagnant. It has become unmanageable or is challenging. It no longer serves a purpose for your mental health or even your physical health. It doesn't have a place in your life. So what impact then does this clutter have on our everyday mental health? Well, I think it can contribute to the inability or the stifling of thinking clearly, which we know causes low energy and we know it causes stress. It can make it difficult to get things done because our heads are going round in circles. It's difficult to find what we need to be able to live in an orderly and efficient manner. So, for example, you can imagine yourself getting up late in the morning and suddenly not being able to find the clothes that you want to put on you or... You're finding it difficult to put on you and you're getting more stressed. Then you can't find the car keys or you can't find your glasses or your bag or your phone. Have I got everything? Blah, blah, blah. Spending this amount of time looking for stuff because we're not prepared takes up so much time and it takes away from the important tasks in our life and the self-care routines that we need to have in place. Why not get your clothes ready the previous night like you did as a child? Why not put your glasses or your keys or your phone in the same place every day so you know exactly where it is? When physical clutter becomes overwhelming or becomes excessive, it can and has the potential to mentally and physically encase the person in a dysfunctional environment, which we know will contribute to distress, stress, feelings of displacement, of loneliness, of isolation and all of the rest. Your home should be a place where you feel safe, where you can take time to rest, to relax. But if your home is filled with physical shit, sorry, clutter, it can lead to you feeling that it's no longer your home. It's an enemy. It's something you have to fight rather than being your sanctuary. 
And you know that when you start going down that road, you are talking about an overall negativity that will affect your well-being. And part of this impact will be it'll affect your social life. Because when your house is filled with clutter, we will have difficulty using the space to enjoy, you know, visitors or yoga or crafting or we may also be embarrassed to invite people in. So it will have an effect on your social life, which we know will lead to feelings of loneliness, of inadequacy and ultimately isolation. Now, I want to point out here that get out of your head the idea of clutter being somebody else's problem who you can't open the front door to because of all the boxes or the rubbish or whatever. Of course, that's clutter. But that's more hoarding than anything else, which I've done. I've, I've done a podcast on that before. This is about looking at clutter from a mental health point of view. And that affects all of us. In other words, if I've got if I live alone and I've got seven pints of milk in the fridge because I'm afraid of going short, I'm going to go short because I won't get to finish those seven pints of milk. So what what am I doing? I'm creating clutter. I'm creating a problem. And then I start worrying about it, which causes more clutter in my mind. Now, just as a um, a kind of a filler inner, um, we know that clutter can lead to hoarding. OK, physical clutter can become an obsession for some people. And this obsession will need to be more about material things in order to fill that empty void that's within us. Okay, so we find physical things to cover an emotional problem. Sometimes we can actually find ourselves surrounded and encased by so much physical stuff that we actually cannot bear to get rid of because they have some sort of sentimental value or can bring us satisfaction to some degree in the future. Problem is, when is that going to happen? I keep a piece of string because it might be useful in five years time if I have to hold up a pipe or somebody might ask me for a piece of string and suddenly go, God, now I know I have a piece somewhere. We all do it. And I'm the worst in the world for doing it. And recently I discovered that, do you know something? I need to clear this shit out. If somebody's looking for a piece of string, they need to go and buy a piece or find a piece in the in the garage, you know, put it all together. Don't have bits of it lying all over the place. So we can become hoarders through clutter. And remember what I said in the previous podcast about hoarding. It is characterised by a person's inability to get rid of possessions. Not thoughts or not ideas or not thinking patterns, but possessions, regardless of their value. If you've ever watched that American show, um, Buried Alive, you know, these people go into the hoarding homes trying to help them. And it's from floor to ceiling in... Books, magazines, tins of food that are empty. Um, And this can be pets as well. But it can be everything and anything from rubbish to, you know, baked beans to whatever you like. So now that's the extreme. But we all have a form of clutter mentality in our lives. We just need to find out where it is and declutter. How many of us will spend hours on end, if not days, doing a to-do list and if we're in a shop and we'll see a a bin or a set of bins and we'll kind of go oh I'll get that now and I'll be able to do put this into that bin and put that into this bin and so on and so forth we spend weeks doing this 
But we never actually get anywhere because the clutter is still there. So it doesn't really help, does it? And it certainly won't help our mental or emotional state. Because in reality, it's not about the things. It's not about the stuff. But it's more about, why have I got it in the first place? Why is it there? Am I holding on to negative emotions? Am I trying to keep a memory alive with all the sentimental stuff? Why is this clutter, whether that be physical objects or mental thought pattern? Why is it overtaking my life? Why am I hanging on to this stuff? Now, before you start to declutter, I want you to begin to ask yourself the following questions. What is working well in my life right now, right at this minute? And what is not working well in my life? What is causing me to feel overwhelmed? How is this clutter preventing me from moving forward in my life? Are there parts of my life where I'm currently not in charge of it? I'm not in charge of making the decisions. Is there clutter that I am trying to manage that is not serving me well, does not have a purpose? Have I thought about getting rid of some of the clutter? Do I feel anxious in my home because I've too much stuff? So what is the first step I can take to eliminate or begin to eliminate this clutter? I'm going to give you six possible steps to begin eliminating some physical clutter in your home. In other words, that can help you to reduce the amount of clutter around you. Number one, toss out the trash. Get rid of all the trash. Go through every single room in your home and throw away papers, crusty cosmetics, expired food, broken gadgets. Anything of value that you do not use can be donated or recycled. Two, reduce and recycle. If you have clothes that do not fit, shoes that you've never worn, maybe some furniture that's taking up too much room that you don't really use, or anything else that doesn't bring you value but could be of use to other people, Donate it, sell it, pawn it, do what you like with it, but just get rid of it. One of the good things to remember at this point is that if you have something in your closet that you have not worn or used within two years, then get rid of it. It's not doing you any favours. Number three, separate your wardrobe by seasons. We all know what a messy closet looks like and we can't find one thing over another thing and that storage is very hard to come by. Try minimising your closet and dresser. This will actually make choosing what you need to wear much more simpler by sorting it all out by season items and maybe some under the bed containers. When the seasons change, you simply switch out your wardrobe. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Try it. Not as easy as it sounds because you have to overcome the mental thought pattern. Oh, well, I I might wear that with this or I might wear that with my black outfit or I might wear that. Stop. If you haven't worn it in two years, get rid of it. Four, avoid shopping and getting multiple items. So in other words, do you really need more than one pair of wellies? Or do you need eight sets of dishes? It's very easy to stock up on things when there's a sale on. Do you really need to buy that many boxes of things just because it's in a sale? Try buying what you need at the time. This avoids clutter within your house. Number five, do a little light cleaning every day. Now, I know most women will say, but I clean half the day. I'm scrubbing this floor and I'm scrubbing that floor. You don't need to scrub anything if you do a little bit every day. 
Try to spend 15 minutes a day tidying up. This can mean cleaning a toilet, emptying the dishwasher, or even hoovering one room in your home. If you spend 10 to 15 minutes a day cleaning, you're able to keep up and on top of house chores without feeling like you have to spend seven hours on a Saturday dealing with your home and everything that you haven't done during the week. Now, this is more likely to help you to have people over more often and you'll really enjoy your home. Imagine every day that you've just moved into your new home as if you're seeing it for the first time. Number six is controversial for some people, but I'm going to say it anyway. Maybe a little feng shui is called for. I know that the mindset and philosophy of feng shui are to arrange pieces in your physical life, whether it's in your home or your office, to help balance the natural world. But the real goal is to harness and establish equilibrium or balance and a little bit of peace between you and your physical environment. So, for example, in your living room, maybe the most important piece in that room is the position of the couch in the kitchen maybe the position is the stove and obviously the bedroom the most commanding position is the bed one of the ideas around this is to place that piece of furniture in the most focal position it has to be furthest from the door in a diagonal position these three parts to your house are critical because they represent your life the bed stands for you the desk is an extension of your career and the stove represents the wealth and nourishment of yourself. What about removing mental clutter? Well, here's a couple of ideas. Do a digital detox. One of the ways to do this is take a break from social media. Turn off your phone. Turn off your phone notifications. Delete any unnecessary apps on your phone and limit your screen time on the computer and the television. Try leaving your phone or your laptop or your iPad outside your bedroom door at night so that you can get a decent night's sleep and not spend half the night on your iPhone. And yes, I know people will say, oh, but my books are on on my iPhone or on my iPod. And, and, you know, I love reading at night. Think about it. Seriously. Get a book. The screen is bad for your brain at night. It is bad for because your eyes recognise it as daylight. So therefore you're not going to relax. Keep a strong support system, your friends and family who support you and who are important to you. Keep them close, rely on them. And if you have people in your life who have negative energy or who bring you down, then maybe it's time to get rid of them. We know that toxic relationships are one of the biggest drawbacks for mental clutter. So get rid of them. You don't need them. If they're negative, let them continue to be negative. That's their choice, not yours. Start adopting healthy lifestyle decisions. Try exercising a little bit more to what you are capable of doing. Avoid sugary and processed snacks and drink lots of water. Begin to limit your alcohol and caffeine intake. And like I said, with your iPad and iPhone and your computer, leave them outside your bedroom door. Try to adopt a healthy sleep routine. Here's a good one for you. And I know some of you will know this from me having told you personally. If you have a bath in your house, take one night a week and have the hottest bath your body can take and relax in it. Put on a few candles, a bit of music. Make sure, of course, the music is either battery operated or if it is plugged in, plug it in at the door and just relax for about 20 minutes in the hot, warm water. When you're ready, get up, 
dry yourself off, release the water and go straight to bed. Nothing in between. Don't go down for a cup of water. Don't go down to make a cup of tea. Don't put away the towels. Go straight to bed. Without your iPhone, without your iPad, without your computer and without a telly. You'll find that you will actually sleep better because your body will have relaxed from the hot water. And finally, indulge in retail therapy without the clutter. We all know that retail therapy gives us feelings of joy. However, it also has a tendency to make us buy things that end up sitting on a shelf in our home or hanging in our wardrobe. So instead of going shopping for yourself, try shopping for somebody else. Try to buy a gift for somebody else to make you feel better. We are, after all, social creatures. And we live and thrive on having people around us, especially happy people. I have seen research done where giving money to others actually does make us feel better and feel happier. Why? Because it creates social connection. Stay well. Stay safe. Namaste.
on the edge or deep inside right up front it's where it likes to hide we only see what we want to see so we don't see Fine.